This show is brought to you by Cakes and Tins, where you can send the people you adore delightful and delicious gifts that give back. Go to cakesintins.com and use the code ACTINGREAL for 10% off. This show is also brought to you by LA Bookmaker, a deluxe stationery shop and custom bookbinder, offering handmade foil stamped cards, high quality calendars, and other ephemeral gifts. Go to la-bookmaker.com. Our clarity story today comes from Josh Baton. He writes, during the pandemic, I reconnected with a woman, we will call her Hillary, who I knew about 12 years ago. We had been friends, maybe with a slight flirtation here or there. She sent me a birthday message on Instagram that said something like, happy birthday, handsome, to which I replied something silly like, handsome, you know just what to say to a girl. (laughs) She had moved to New York but was staying with her family in another state for the pandemic. I had known her in Los Angeles, where I currently live. What ensued was three months of text messages, FaceTime calls, and pretty much a three-month romance via phone contact. It was fun, exciting, and unexpected. She had planned to come to Los Angeles for work for a few months after this connection began, and we were both excited to be in the same state together and see where this would go. As she drove across country, I started preparing my house, cleaned up, bought flowers, let my pod of friends know I would be MIA for a bit as we got to know each other. When she arrived, what happened was not what I anticipated. She was her lovely, funny, attractive self, but my body instantly said to me, no, this isn't right. I had anxiety and discomfort and what felt like terror. We spent three days together and I tried to soothe those feelings. Maybe this is a fear of commitment, meditate through it. You're being an asshole, Josh. I took a few days to myself and was in my kitchen with my oldest, dearest friend, Eric. I was talking about these confused feelings, the level of anxiety I felt, the deep, painful experience I was having, that if I ended this now, I was basically committing murder. I don't know if that sounds insane, but that is what I felt. I I was at least self-aware enough to know that that feeling was not right size to the situation. Eric turned to me and said, you know what you need to do here. I rambled something back like, well, I want to see. Maybe I'm just freaking out. Eric looked at me and said, Josh, I've known you for 20 years. I know your body, how you are when you're around someone you've fallen for. I've seen you with her. This is not that. Now, this was a moment of clarity in and of itself. Eric knew me, loved me like a brother, and I had utter trust in him. I knew I had to tell her. However, that wasn't the big moment. I was building up the courage to tell her and realized I had a therapy session a day and a half later, so I decided to sound this all out with my therapist, Mary. Mary and I were having our FaceTime session. Ah, pandemic life. I had made plans to meet with Hillary that afternoon. I knew I had to tell her what was happening. When I was telling Mary how it felt, like I was about to commit murder, through laughing tears, maybe because I knew how crazy that sounded, Mary asked me, who is Hillary? Confused, thinking that maybe Mary hadn't truly been listening to anything I'd said in our sessions the last few months, I said, um, she's the woman that I've been speaking to, remember? She lives in, and Mary cut me off and said, yeah, but who is she? Is she your mom? And everything in my body began to shake. I started to completely lose my shit. I said, I don't know if she's my mom, but clearly there's something here. And I was literally laughing as I cried. What was uncovered was this. I grew up in a house with a lot of violence, a lot of boundaries crossed, and a lot of infidelity. 
I actually caught my father cheating when I was 12. I always felt aligned with my mother. We were, we were best friends. We were aligned politically, artistically, emotionally. What I didn't realize was that for my entire life, I had lived with this deep-seated fear that I would be my father, regardless of whose side I thought I was on. That fear had driven in me an overwhelming sense of responsibility for everyone and everything. The weight of that had suffocated me and most importantly had stopped me from putting myself first, ever. Instead, I secretly hoped that they would think of me first in the way that I was putting them, which was unfair and also set me up for disappointment, resentment, and a sense of feeling empty. I don't know what the road forward looks like with this new awakening, I guess you'd call it, but I know the focus has changed. Josh Baton is one of my very, very dearest friends in the whole world. Uh, You can listen to his incredible podcast episode uh, of Acting Real. Acting Real with Kat Foster, my podcast. Uh, we did. He did an amazing episode in season one. I highly recommend you listen to that. And he's also a brilliant actor and a brilliant acting teacher. He's been teaching for more than two decades here in Los Angeles. If you're interested in taking a class with him, um, go to J Baton Studios. That's J B I T T O N Studios dot com, and you can email him directly through that website and he will hook you up with a class uh thank you so much josh if you have a story about a time that changed your life it can be very mundane you were hanging out by yourself and you had a thought or it can be crazy crazy you uh were drinking plant medicine and you had a vision um whatever the story is If you want to share it, I want to hear it. I really, really, really do want to hear from you. Please email me at claritystories at actingrealpodcast.com. That's claritystories at actingrealpodcast.com. My guest today is the lovely Angel Parker, uh, who I didn't know before today. And whoa, am I so glad that I know her now. She is just a stunning, wise, generous, inspiring, expansive being. Um, And we have a fantastically rich conversation that is moving and inspiring and uh, enlightening and all of the things. Um, We talk about I mean, she and her husband are both actors, oh my goodness, and they have uh, stayed married for, I think, you know, over 20 years. Um, they have two grown children, almost grown, you know, not not yet out of high school, but they have two kids at home who are thriving. Um, and, you know, she talks about choosing, choosing how you want to see your day, choosing how you want to see your life, choosing happiness, choosing joy. Uh, and you know, these, she's not had an easy life by any means. Um, she and her husband both come from single mothers, uh, and fuck, she's an actor. I mean, (laughs) this is not the easiest life path, although are any life paths truly easy? Uh, maybe, maybe it depends, I guess, on how you see them. Um, it's all part of the combo guys. It is all part of this conversation that we have today. We also have a very real, uh, conversation about what has what has changed and what has not changed over this past year during the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, Stay tuned for that. Um, Like I said, this conversation is just uh, very, very rich and really beautiful. And uh, if you don't know Angel, um, she is known for her many roles on television. She starred in Marvel's hit 
action drama series Runaways, and she is also known for her role in FX's critically acclaimed series The People vs. O.J. Simpson, American Crime Story. You may also recognize her from The Rookie, The Strain, Ghost Tape, Trial and Error, Castle, Criminal Minds, ER, or from the five seasons she spent on Disney's live-action comedy series Lab Rats, among so many other things, by the way, on her IMDb page. Um, upcoming, she will appear in Animal Kingdom, which she talks about a little bit, and also look out for her on her series National Parks Investigation, which will hopefully, if they are smart enough to pick it up, be coming soon to ABC. Um, so we'll see about that. But I hope you guys enjoy this conversation as much as she and I did in recording it and as much as I enjoy listening to it. Thanks for being here. What I need for my life, I am drawn to create the play. So this is very exciting. Hi. So I have you, Angel Parker, here. You and I only met 25 minutes ago. But I have... <laughs> but I feel like we've been circling each other. We've circled each other. We know a lot of the same great women. Yes. So I feel like it was destiny. Yes, yes. Um, and so... Yes. So I've actually, I said to you, I've been wanting to have you on this show for quite a while. And finally, I was like, and I kept thinking like, oh, maybe I'll run into her or something. And finally, I just texted Angelique Cabral. And I was like, you know, Angel, can you just connect us? Ange loves <laughs> to bring people together. So yeah. she was very happy. We do have to take a selfie for her. So let's make we sure will. we do By that. By the way, do you want to know something interesting? My husband just told me this. Apparently, people feel closer to you when you ask them for favors. So me asking Angelique to connect us now Angelique is like and by the way it did it led to like us being like let's have a play date you oh, know fun. yeah oh I yeah. love that oh so you asked her specifically I specifically I was like do you know Angel can you connect oh, us oh that's that warms my heart I thought you were like hey do you know any good women oh, for my God, podcast no, no <laughs> she's way. like oh Angel would be no, good no no I targeted you oh hey now. I like put out a missive yes. yes um yeah no we're old friends Angel and I are old friends we love each other and how'd you dearly. guys meet on a show we met in acting class. No, I don't think we've actually ever worked together. At Leslie Kahn or At Leslie Kahn and Company, yes. Many, okay. many, many, many years ago. But we never were even really in class together for very long. We just always circled each other. And then, um, I mean, I've visited her childhood home. Like, she, yeah. you know, oh, we've, that's so nice. we're, we're close, close, close friends. Okay, so, so the reason I turned, easy. I started recording because you and I were, you and I've never heard this before, but it's so brilliant. So your husband's an actor. Yes, we're both actors. We met in acting school. We've been together since I was 18 and he was 20. Which, by the way, is bananas. Like, yep. <laughs> two actors, two children, home owning, like, yeah, kids well, in private school. Yeah, well, that just happened. We didn't buy a home till four years but ago. But, like, I yeah. mean, you guys are just... I mean, you're, you just turned 40. Yes. He's the same age as you are, basically, He's 42. Right? Yeah. He's, so older. Like, He's older. He's older. He's <laughs> older. Always will be older. But, like, this is a huge accomplishment. Like, oh, well, you guys you. are following your dreams. You're both actors. And you like have lives and your kids are in good schools and you have a house and you're working and like all of these things. It's it's really actually and how long have you been married? We've been married eight eighteen, nineteen. Oh well um it will be twenty years next year. I mean this is it will bananas. Be 20 years next like year. you're, you're married. We've been together we've been together since nineteen ninety nine. We always say guys... let's party like it's nineteen ninety nine. So whatever that math is I'll ask my teenager. I mean, I feel to like the odds the have been so stacked against you. <laughs> it feels that way many, many times. Does it? 
Oh, of course. Marriage is Like if you had said to me, like if I knew you, which I didn't, you know, like 20 <laughs> years ago, and you'd said like, yep, I'm going to marry my boyfriend. And I'd and be like, we're only 20. Like we're only 20. Why? Like that's insane. And then you say, and yeah, I think we're going to have a couple kids in the next like five years. I would be like, what? You're only 25. How are you going to have kids? I, like, I think all you- of our friends said that to us. I think our family said that to us. I think everyone thought we were crazy. I'm sure there were some side bets rooting, you know, against us. And you made um, it. You made yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We proved them all wrong like we in proved like ourselves a- wrong too i mean we were also young and dumb and just um craving family we yeah. wanted to be together i don't know why we sometimes look back and we're like we were crazy we were dumb like honestly if we met each other at 25 or met each other at 30 we may not have ended up together i have no idea all i know is that he's the love of my life we oh have my. a great family we keep trucking we we, you know, my husband said something, you always go through things, You're, it's marriage. And he said, he, he's just so brilliant. And I'm very in love with him right now. Oh my so God, you're going to make me cry. When you are, so but he said, because he was telling someone else, talking about marriage, a good friend of his. And he said, you know, there's times that you go to your corners, but you always stay in the ring. Oh my gosh. I got to have your husband on the show. That makes yeah. me cry. That's Isn't so that great. What? So, okay. So, so by the way, this is, yeah. I think, and, and you know, like I, I really... I feel the same way about my husband, who, by the way, not my husband. <laughs> Technically, we're engaged, actually, but we own a house together. <laughs> your partner, your guy, yeah, your dude, I mean, come on. Whatever. I just call my husband's shorthand. I do it all the time. Some of that's so. just paperwork. It's and... like that or like baby daddy. Do you know what okay. I mean? Which doesn't yeah. feel like <laughs> as respectful. Yeah, your partner, your friend, your lover. But it's incredible. There's also, there's different things. Yeah, but it's really like I have so much respect for my husband, so much like, I just think he's the most amazing human. And it's clear to me as you speak about yours that you feel the same about him. We just have respect for each other. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I really do think, like, that's what it takes. Yeah. That's we're, it. We're friends, too. I mean, yeah. we're, we're friends. We're well, buddies. but that's, yeah. you respect your friends, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so that's a huge thing. So anyway, so, but I brought this up. Be, I mean, I started recording because you said that, so your husband you and you're both actors and um, we were talking about your kids being in the business and how they've done like little things here and there, but how it's just a hard business. Nothing on their own. When I've said right, they've done little guys. things, yeah. it would be, you know, we've done like red carpets together. Right, right, or right. Or we've um, done commercial auditions together, like when they want a right. family or they want an interracial family or they want a mom and a kid, but not a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think my son got his, you know, Taft Hartley or his, what? what's the, the account yeah, that you need a, to not steal thing. your yeah, kid, right SAG, whatever, yeah. Coogan account. That's what it's oh, called. Because he was one years old, one year old, and I booked a car commercial and the callback was on a Saturday. We, we don't, we didn't have, we were discussing earlier before we started recording, we didn't have an au pair. We didn't have a nanny. Yeah. My husband, I believe was I don't know where he was. He might have been in Africa. He did a big, long project when my son was a year old. Anyway, they mm-hmm. needed kids basically his age to put into the back seat of a car, like a car, put him in a, in a car seat. It was a car commercial. And then they were, you know, my son has my face. Like we people walk down the street and they're like, are you guys related? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he's just like, yeah. And I'm like, you can thank me for your good looks, my son. Yeah, yeah. He's a very handsome kid. Um, he's 15 now. But he... Uh, was perfect age, looked exactly alike, put him in. Yeah. But I was so stressed out yeah, that yeah, whole day. Yeah. Like, I'm no stage you mom. You and I were sort of agreeing I'm, that we, yeah. it, I think sets are and really And trying to make sure that his temperament kids. would be okay, so the shot and all yes. these things, like, it's not. First of all, no. it's not worth it to me, and I really don't want my kids in the business as children. That said, Well, this I is had, what I liked when you said, here's what I liked when you said, when you said, uh, it's the family business. 
Well, yeah, I don't, I, I respect the craft yeah. that we are in and the business that we are in. I love it. If we built a plumbing business, we'd probably want the it's kids really to take cool over. It's a really cool perspective. Yeah. So it's not that I don't want my children to become actors, which I think was your original question. Yeah. It's just, I don't want my kids to have the childhood of being in the business right. of acting. Now, if they at 18 want to take acting classes and they, they also understand how hard it is. They, you know, they, they've been around. Yeah. Our, our house is very small. They know yeah. how difficult it is. They know now we've, you know, built a studio in our garage because we're doing so many self tapes and they, yeah. they know the ups and downs. They know we canceled vacations. They know mom's left for work. Dad's left for work. Like yeah. they understand the heartbreak of it all. And they also understand that we're very passionate about it. I don't think my son is an actor. I think he might maybe be at some aspect of the business advertising or marketing or who knows he might say one day mom dad I really have this deep down but I doubt it <laughs> yeah. my daughter she's a butterfly so yeah. she she's going to be many things and an actor's probably on that list yeah uh, right now we put her into a camp um, in St. Louis like a, a drama camp Cute. where they're doing Shrek the musical so she can oh, be yeah, an animal she, she says I want to be the dragon if I'm not the dragon <laughs> I'm, and I was like okay well you got to audition for the dragon but I didn't <laughs> I didn't put her in a camp in LA like an acting camp in LA where it's very much about the business and they do a showcase and an agent from you know um, WME or something is there yeah. like I didn't that's not you know I yeah because they I have those right in of, LA like, oh um, LA has everything called? what's Come. that musical camp called that everyone goes to oh Amda or uh, no, 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 yeah, it's something Yada, like that. Or Yada, 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 yeah, Yada. yes, of course. No, I don't want her to be a. I don't want my children to be in the business as children. Yeah. So, but if they want to be actors and they want to train and they want to take sure. it seriously and that's the path that they want to take, of course, I would say that there's many other paths of of less res resistance. Right, what is right. it? I don't yeah, know. It's, I'm yeah, trying to change lesser the, resistance. Oh, yes, yeah. maybe there's you know maybe there's something, but but I'm also a How firm you, believer like, in what, following. What's, what's your? Sorry, I interrupt you a lot. But tell me if you ever to, to go like. I just want to finish that. Point. Um, what <laughs> What, so, okay, so I have a lot of questions for you. All right. One Shoot, question, I, you mentioned upstairs, um, we were in our kitchen and Angel so graciously took a pancake. Well, I think I asked for a pancake. I saw pancakes no, on the counter. you didn't. You were like, oh, pancakes, because my au pair made pancakes. We had like pancakes sitting on the counter. You can't have pancakes on your counter and then. But like, I feel like a lot of people would be like, oh, no, 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 I'm okay. But you're like, yeah, sure, I'll take a pancake. And I was I like, mean, yes, I'm it so. It was really good. And then you made me a latte. Like, I'll come over every day. Oh, girl, I will host you. <laughs> I will host you happily. Um, no, um, no, no, no. I, I definitely enjoyed our, our little morning breakfast. Okay, so me too. So you mentioned um, life zone. You mentioned your life zone. I just said we're in a good life zone. Life zone, yeah. yeah. So tell me about your life I zone. I said we're in a, no, I think I said we're in a good zone. And then yeah. you said, oh, and then you I was said like, school zone? Yeah, I thought maybe because we were talking about our kids being in school. Yeah, I said so we're in a good zone. You said school zone. I said, no, like life zone. Like like we're just in a yeah, good. Yeah, so tell me about life zone. Tell I don't know. I think I hit, I hit 40. I um, have two great kids. They're they can shower by themselves now. Yeah. I'm not wiping any butts anymore. <laughs> I don't have a babysitter anymore because mm -hmm. my son can watch my daughter mm -hmm. or, you know, we figure it out. They go have a play date to hang out somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, my husband and I are very much in love. We're successful. We're not as worried about money as we usually are. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you know. Take that with a grain of salt. Well, well be, you're actors. We'll be worried in a couple of months, but like I also know now to just enjoy this moment now. And yeah. We had a lot of time in COVID to just be together and to stop and sit. And we're always running around. We've always had 10,000 jobs. We've never had um, peace or a feeling of, okay, we're okay now. We're always moving forward and trying to continue to grow this business and to continue to have more stability and to continue to 
build this family that we were so craving. We're both like, from you, single moms. But we're you both, keep, you know, whoa, you're both from single moms. Okay, I want to yeah, ask about that too. But you guys, but let me just like, I mean, I mean, I already said it, but I'll just like restate it. Like for, since you were 20 or whenever, yeah, 19, 1999. 18, no, since met, 1999. Met him at 18. Yeah, yeah. you guys have continued to thrive and grow and build and expand your lives in yes. the form of kids, in the form of jobs, in the form of property and moving up, I'm sure, from whatever your studio apartment was to <laughs> your one bedroom to your two bedroom to your house now. Yeah. And so like well, a lot of people do that, though. I mean, they say they, they say 50, they say 50 percent of marriages end in divorce. But let's talk about the other 50. Well, that's all true. But so my here's my question. My question, though, is can you having that perspective now that you guys are in this new life zone and you're both in your 40s, like, does that fear ease? Like, can you look back and say, like, listen, in terms of the money, in terms of the growth, like, history has shown that we've continued to thrive and continue to build and continue to expand. Like, maybe there are moments of setback or moments of, like, let's get smaller. But generally speaking, you know, your trajectory has been one of – real expansion and growth. We we do see it and I think age gives you that perspective and and yes, history gives you that perspective. We we're walking down the same path, but we are side by side, you know, we're we're two individual people that have chosen to build their lives together and it takes work and it takes therapy and it takes um, patience and conversations and space and mm -hmm. going to our corners and friendships and um, with, you know, with that, that bring you back, you know, a good girlfriend, a good cry with a girlfriend will send mm -hmm. you back home sometimes, you know what I mean? Yeah. And a river trip with his buddies will send him back home, you know? But like in terms of, you know, like say the word, you know, the worry about money, let's say that's like abated right now, but maybe well, for a moment could in time come back. But I that's think what I'm, I'm just, saying. I like, think perspective has given me the feeling of I've never been hungry. I've never not paid my bills. Mm -hmm. I've maybe put a couple bills on forbearance or mm -hmm. decided which ones needed to be paid first mm -hmm. or were a little late, mm -hmm. but I've always figured it out. Mm -hmm. We always figure it out. It always works out. And the panic and the fear is uh, wastes valuable time that mm -hmm. we can actually be enjoying it. So Yes, I'm I'm a, a bookkeeper and a budgeter and a very A-type person, and I know exactly how much money I have and how many months of budget that is and how long until I need to worry, let mm -hmm. me put it that way, so I don't have to worry right so now. So is this, is this mindset or, or, frankly, you know, is your level of response, your great level of responsibility with money and your awareness of um, sort of like how you guys are doing financially – I mean, of course, it also just comes with the territory of being actors, but how much of it do you think also has to do with the fact that you were both raised by single moms? Well, we, we came from not a lot, you know, but they always figured it out. Your That's, moms both are always figured it out. Yeah. We've never been hungry. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. yeah. So now we may not have had nannies and had, um, you know, uh, 
vacations and well now you do you just canceled canceled a trip to Cabo well, I just canceled a vacation <laughs> know, I'm not on vacation you canceled though to do a job <laughs> I know I know but so I know. now look now you're vacationing out. and everything exactly eight days in Cabo I mean that's know. luxury don't, that's can we not like... talk about it since I just had to cancel it you know <laughs> you'll book go a, back you'll book go a trip back. book a job yeah, but yeah. Uh, but no it's okay we're actually going to spend the summer in St. Louis with nice. our kids so that's going to be another vacation yeah um, it's not on the beach but it'll be okay I guess what I'm trying to figure out is like um, to what to what degree are you consciously aware of working on abating your like anxiety around survival? Daily, it's daily. Yeah. You choose how you want to walk through life, and it's not always easy. And I daily have to find joy. I mm. daily have to find peace. It's not a given. So, what's your practice? This is what we're here to talk about. I mean, I do a lot of things. I mean, you're Catholic, right? So you just mentioned that. I'm Catholic. We're Catholic light, but, but yes. Catholic we, light. Yeah, our, okay. kids go, our kids are in Catholic school. They, our daughter was just had her just first Holy Communion, and our son was just confirmed. And Yeah. Um, yes, we... And so why do you say Catholic light? Like how... Like what... I don't know much about Catholicism, to oh, be really? honest. Like oh. I don't know much about organized religion. I'm a Jew. Okay. Um, but That's very like, organized. <laughs> it is very... It can be very organized. I've been organized. to a Seder or two. Well, interestingly... So yes. And by the way, I love Judy. And I am the only person in my whole family who like has a Seder every year. I'm like the one. And frankly, you know, I didn't grow up. We went to friends' houses for Seders. Like my both of my parents are fully Jewish, but we never um we just didn't sell it. My father's a a, a an atheist through and through. Wow. He does not believe in God, religion, higher power, and no God, no, not, none of that. He okay. like he's that's, just, that's him. That's him. That's who he is. So so, but he also you know, has always had an allegiance to the culture of Judaism. He can speak Yiddish. He tells all the Jewish jokes, you know, so he's supportive in that sense, you know, as long as it's sort of like seen as uh, like an embracing of culture rather yes, than absolutely. a religious thing. I understand. Um, and, you know, Judaism is really good like that. Like, in fact, and and the reason I know this is because I actually took such an interest in Judaism that I signed up for like a Judaism 101 class, like a <laughs> class that's actually meant to convert non-Jews into to, to Judaism. So you were never bat mitzvah or anything? No, I was never bat mitzvah. None of that. But I would have always loved it. Like I was kind of jealous yeah. of all my friends that's who so got fun. to have that stuff. So anyway, so I that so I've started my, one training. One of my jobs when I was, before I was married was I was a dancer, like party, <laughs> in, not influencer. That was before influencers, but a party like motivator. Like a go-go girl. Oh. Party or like, motivator. Oh, like at bar mitzvahs and stuff? At bar mitzvah every weekend. Come on, kids. Oh, yeah. Let's get on the dance Let's floor. get on the dance floor. Yeah. <laughs> it was very, it was it was fun. That's it was really a good fun. way to make money. Okay, so um, anyway, what are we talking? Oh, organized religion. So organized anyway, religion, the point yeah. is that, um, like, I'm just curious, like, what, like, what part, what, what is your allegiance to Catholicism? Do you have? Do you? I mean, do you? Like, just tell me about your journey with that. Is your are your are your parents very religious or your mom? So or I grew up. I actually grew up. I'm born and raised in L.A. Grew up in Koreatown, um, and I was raised. My mom was a born again Christian. Uh -huh. So I went to Christian schools and Christian churches, like Crenshaw Christian Center, like the Faith Dome. You know, that big dome you see when you fly into LAX? That's a big mega church. Uh -huh. and it was very big in the 80s. Uh, Pastor Frederick Casey Price, may he rest in peace. So I grew up in that world of sort of born again, fervent religion. And how is that? 
complicated. Yeah. Um, and then my mom married my stepdad and they joined a church that was charismatic still, but Episcopal, charismatic Episcopal, which is technically Catholic light. So they follow the liturgy, they follow the service, the there's like an, a liturgy of of words that you say, like the Lord's Prayer, Okay. which I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's a prayer that every Catholic knows. What is that? Is Our it Father short or who art in heaven, okay. hallowed, hallowed be thy, thy name, thy kingdom, kingdom come, thy will be done. Look at you. Just because you know we're watching TV, I swear to God. So there you go. That's yeah. part of the liturgy. Okay. Uh, so there's just these prayers that everybody knows. Stand up, sit down, prayer, prayer, prayer. Sure. So they do that in in an Episcopal church, but the priests can be married. And then this was charismatic Episcopal, so there was lots of praise and worship music, praise Got dancers, it. all of these things. I very much grew up in, in a church, which is uh, very complicated at times because a lot of people that are that need um, order in their lives go to organized religion. Hmm. Um, it was also a way for people to find peace and find therapy and find hmm. someone to talk to. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of history in organized religion. But a lot of people who were grown, who grew up in very, you know, with a lot of people who grew up in the environment that you're describing eschew religion and go like, that's not for me. I don't believe in God. Or I'm not a lot, actually. I don't have any numbers on this. This is just in my imagination. I'm sure you've I, met, especially a lot in Los of Angeles. Yes, yeah. of course, of course. I'm not one of those people, but I, I do not go to church every Sunday. We did for a long time, especially with our kids uh, and with family. And we definitely, you know, Easter and Sunday, you know, I, I wouldn't consider myself an Easter Christmas family we we went we go much more than that yeah um we were married in a in the in the episcopal church we were married um but um and my husband was raised catholic and so when i married him be going to catholic church and going to catholic school made sense because at this point i knew the liturgy there's also shorter services charismatic services go on forever yeah. and a catholic <laughs> service is much shorter and so i believe in a higher power i believe that there's somebody looking out for me i believe in an energy and a spirit that is just undescribable and undeniable so mm. i believe in god but is that the father almighty maker of heaven and earth that's okay. another prayer <laughs> the oh, catholics oh. will laugh but, at that but, but wait i have a quick question though like is this like the way when you say like energy higher power like is that anti-catholic in any way no like, not at all because okay. we believe in god the right, father right. almighty maker yeah. of heaven and earth and okay. all things seen and unseen i believe in oh gosh now i don't know the rest of it <laughs> but i know it it's yeah. in my soul somewhere um i do believe in god i do raise my children that there is a god we they they we went gone to catholic school my son yeah. goes to catholic high school when the pandemic hit and it wasn't going every Sunday, we enjoyed our Sundays mm -hmm. at home and we need the peace of that many times. So mm -hmm. many times Sunday, because it's the only day that nobody's really blowing up your phone, especially with kids and, yeah. and games and things, all the things they do on Saturdays, Sunday's kind of the only morning that you can find God mm -hmm. and the quiet and the space. But a lot of times, it's just sitting in my backyard and looking up at the sky and Do finding peace. Do you guys peace. pray as a family or? We pray at meals. Um, you with do? Like before? With family. Mm. Not our not our immediate family. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll, mm. you know, bless the meal, you know, come together, sit together. But we're, we're a really close family. And we're just like, let's get the plates out, you know. But if my mom is in town or anyone sitting in my family, like my cousins even, anyone's I, I come from a Christian family, so yes, we pray at meals, but I wouldn't say every meal. Like I didn't pray at that pancake we just had yeah, yeah. <laughs> 20 minutes so ago. So do you feel like though your connection to God sort of um, 
like trumps your connection to the religious, like the religious, like this thing specific to the religion that you grew up in. Do you know what I mean? Um, I don't think it trumps anything. I think that it's connected. I wouldn't separate it. I'm not anti-Catholicism, not anti-Christianity. I believe that it saves and helps a lot of people. And there's times that I'm like, I was just in church last week at my son's confirmation and we're saying the Our Father and we're saying the Apostles' Creed and we are connected and we're together and we hold hands and we share the sign of the peace with everyone. And I feel connected Mm. to people. Mm. My connection with God is ongoing and Mm -hmm. you feel close to God at some times and there's times that you don't. I would, you used to go to a ladies retreat that was connected to my childhood church and we'd come together as women and you make connections. I set goals. We write things down. You have meditation time. I think the organization of it just makes sense in certain people's brains because there's a there's a book to follow the good book the bible the torah the what, whatever it may be um certain ways that religion is organized make sense in people's heads and they feel like they can follow that same with the 12 step program same mm-hmm. with people humanity sometimes needs order and so i think that's why religion has been you know kind of created it's created by man it's not created by god right. is how i feel but um but yes i would say that our family is catholic and we believe in god the father almighty and so <laughs> um and so when's like in your day to day or i don't know how to ask this question i could ask it in so many ways but i guess when do i call upon god well more like sure i, w- I want to know that too but i'm just curious like has there been a time in your life or a moment in your life or a day in your life or anything that you can remember where you felt most connected yes um yes all i mean there's i've had you know great tragedy in my life too my sister died suddenly of alcohol poisoning she was 14 years old i was 22 it was 2 days before my 1 year anniversary Two years later, my husband's sister died suddenly, a heart attack in her own bed, laying next to her husband. The grief of us losing our only sisters was unbearable for 20-year-olds who were trying to be actors, who had a young child. No, we didn't have James yet. James brought back joy a bit. We were undone. And there's times that you lay on the ground in such deep grief that you don't know if you will get back up off the floor. And I don't know if you've ever felt that grief, but everyone will feel it at some time in their life. And when you feel that and you feel you can't get up, there's something that comes that gets you off the floor. And I've met that moment a few too many times and I know it was God. Mm. I've also said God help me get through this. I've said that out loud Mm. because I know I can't do it on my own. And I don't know if it's God wearing a white hat, sitting on a throne. I don't know, but I've just said, God, get me through that. Just something get me through this because I can't get through this alone. And in that moment, it may not have been grief. And that sometimes it's a freaking audition. God (laughs) help me, help me get through this moment or help me get through this life change or help me get through this feeling of loss of sanity <laughs> because mm. life can feel so overwhelming at times. Um, so I do believe in God. Mm, that's so beautiful. Am I religious? I 
Catholic light. Sure, sure. You know? Well, yeah, I mean, it sounds like for you, it's like the religion is like sort of a bit of like a practice. Like it's, it's a just practice. A, it's an order. It's a, yeah. yeah it's, it's, a, it's some, it's a, it's some it's a, real world. It's some sort of, and you grew up in it. it and it's it, created by humans to connect humans right. to each other. And, and I, and I believe in that too. I, you know, I love giving, and I love the connection of going to, you know, you build community in some of these ways and yeah. culture mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. But there's so much wrong with religion as well. But, mm -hmm. you know, you can pick There's so much wrong with everything. So you can pick apart anything. Sure. But you can find the good in anything, too. That's what I was saying earlier about yeah. the 50% of marriages that end in divorce. What about the 50% that <laughs> that succeed? Yeah, so how do you do so? And, and to what degree is that practice that the finding the good practice is is to what degree is that connected to your connection with God? The good practice. Yeah, of. like finding the good. Like when you said, you know, like, and I, look, I think a lot about this. I mean, a lot of also what this podcast about is about is consciousness. So, you know, I keep quoting it on this podcast because it's such a simple way of saying it. But it comes from a past podcast that our guest Mark Feuerstein had a teacher who said, what you see, you be. And I like that. And, and conversely, what you be, you see. So it's like, we, you know, we can, we have some choice over how we're seeing the world, n regardless of our circumstances. Two people could be in I the identical, two people could each break their legs and one person could say like, oh, I'm so glad I have this time to rest, <laughs> you know, and then the other person might say like, this is ruining my whole life. So it's like our circumstances don't necessarily, you know, dictate, in fact, don't. I mean, if I'm being honest with what I think, they don't always, and you know, whatever we can talk about extreme poverty and another I mean we have before on this podcast and I just sort of always get a little wishy there but extreme poverty aside and extreme suffering and torture and horrible horrible things aside let's say like generally speaking uh you know your circumstances don't dictate your feeling about your life you still have to wake up in the morning you still have to get out of bed right or even if that bed's on the floor yeah you still have to get up each day well not only that but like you can get up feeling like damn this floor bed's like i'm so grateful for it or like at least there's a mattress on this floor yeah. or you can get up every morning and go like oh i can't believe i'm still sleeping on the floor you know well i said that earlier and that maybe triggered this path that we're now on every morning you choose how you want your day to be so if you're choosing joy you're choosing to love your husband it's a choice. Mm -hmm. You are choosing to walk through life and your intentions that you set and the, maybe the goals that you are trying to achieve. You can choose to move forward. You can choose to stay put. You can choose to live in the past. You can choose to give up. I choose to move forward. It's yeah. Well, it seems like you choose more than to just move forward. I mean, it seems like you also choose joy you choose connection that's you a hard gratitude. one i wake up that's not the first thing on my mind when i wake up it's usually ugh, like ugh, ugh what i'm so tired or so tired yeah i struggle with, i struggle with sleep a lot so mm. and and kids i'm not a morning person so it's mm -hmm. like you know, they, they, they get up School. every morning oh yeah, they get up every morning day, don't you, they? Know? <laughs> Ooh, you know i've gotten you know i have different systems i'm a part of a goal group with women i have accountability partners i write things down i my husband and i synchronize schedules at the end of the night like what's your day tomorrow what's your day tomorrow like I, even today in bed i was like well i'm, I'm taking naomi yeah. you have a coaching i'm you know just okay yeah. what do i got to do before i hit my feet hit this floor you know it's it's 
choosing to get out of bed, you know, yeah. um, especially when you struggle with sleep sometimes and you're not a morning person. It's like, okay, here we go. Uh, last night I got up at one in the morning because I had to change my flights or I was going to lose them on Expedia and they make it so oh, difficult yeah. for you to oh, change the these things. And it was yeah. eight hours of waiting Ugh, and all this I stuff. Know, so I was like, I'm going to get up in the middle of the night and make that call. So it only took 15 minutes, yeah. you know? So that was my night last night and then getting yeah. back to sleep. I'm preparing for this new role I have on Animal Kingdom. So yeah. I'm binging watching that show yeah, and yeah, have a yeah. rehearsal later today. So I'm like, wait, what's the day? Oh, oh, today's a good, I'm coming here yeah. to talk with you. I'm like, oh, t today's actually a good day. Yeah. Okay. All right. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. And then at what point, like, or do you, do you ever feel like that? Um, so like, you know, sometimes we are very intentional about, uh, uh, how we're choosing to see our lives. And then at some point, I, sometimes I feel like it doesn't have to be so intentional. Like there's some spontaneity to the, the joy, um, that like, if you practice that enough, like maybe one day you wake up and you're like in a really great mood and you're like, Oh, I didn't even, I didn't even plan this. Sometimes like I'm just the birds are chirping. We're yeah. looking at a lot, you know, sometimes, I mean, that's a great day. And can you allow that in? Like, oh. does that, you know what I mean? Like to what degree, like, because this is, you know, I love is, a good day. I can allow a good day on any day. That's yeah. Not. Well, but, but that's a, that's an accomplishment. I mean, not everybody can, you know, and I think, um, I mean, certainly in, from my own experience, like, you know, I've had a lot of really great things happen in my life, like a lot, right? Things that, you know, most people don't get, right? Like, I mean, I've been the lead of, you know, TV shows and I've like, whatever, I and I have a great husband and you know what I mean? Like, I have some really, Beautiful but daughter, it's yeah. it takes, it's, t yeah, and I have an amazing daughter mm -hmm. and like, I have a, I'm really lucky in so many ways and I, but I, it's taken years and years and years for me to go like, I'm gonna let that feel good. I think that's just growth. I think that's just age. You know, most women say they start thriving in their 40s. And they're mm -hmm. like, I know what I like. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's just experience and age. I love aging. I love getting older. I love wisdom. I've also had a lot of bad days. Mm -hmm. So most days by comparison are just good by comparison. Yeah. So if you're just working on small things, like how do I set the tone for the day? Mm -hmm. You know, mama sets the tone a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like when mama's in a mood and the whole house is in a mood. You know, there's times like that. There's also, yes, seeing how privileged you are and not privileged in the way that we're always talking about it now, mm -hmm. you know, white privilege and these things, yeah. but just seeing how blessed, let's use that word, how blessed you are. Yeah. And like, gosh, I've got this. I've got this. People start their days with gratitudes. Like, mm -hmm. I'm so grateful that I woke up today. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful that I have a home and a roof over my head. I mean, you could start at extreme poverty and move your way up. If you're really trying to find some gratitudes and you got to write them down, you can really write down a lot, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, now, we're alive. We are, we are I guess healthy. what I'm we're, saying. You know, even we're without healthy, much. We're happy. Yeah. We've never been hungry. Mm -hmm. So I've never been hungry. Mm -hmm. I've always had a roof over my head. Mm -hmm. um, so that quest for joy and peace and um, a feeling of let me enjoy this life that I have and not keep planning outside of it and pushing forward. I'm just now coming to that. I'm no expert. I've been a type moving forward out of my house, graduated at 16 on this path for healing for decades. I'm yearning for this time now mm -hmm. where I'm like, you know, Angel, you've done pretty good. Your mm -hmm. life's pretty good mm -hmm. from the terrible days that you've had, other days that have been 
the worst on the floor experiencing things that no one wants to experience mm -hmm. that's not today mm -hmm. today you're looking out at your own backyard that you bought with your own money that you got a husband who loves you you got two great kids who are happy and healthy you're doing okay mm. like i can enjoy it. covid actually helped with that yeah because everything got stripped away you know i was doing a pilot for NBC and my husband was testing for another one for on a network and we were boom, 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 moving, moving, moving. Son was, you know, in this great school, daughter was doing all this, all this stuff and then pff, done. Mm. And here we are in our backyard, like, okay, how are we going to log into zoom yeah. for yeah. our kids and for our family and got to buy a computer and, mm. you know, put our second grader on it like mm. we didn't know what we were doing mm -hmm. and there's the world is ending it mm -hmm. felt like yeah so it was very easy to find you know sort of what felt like the bottom mm. and then realizing hey this is our bottom god we're doing great yeah wow. sitting there in our beautiful backyard mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. have a garage studio that we can do people are like we got a self-tape we got a what we got to do what mm -hmm. now we're doing tapes for our friends and they're mm -hmm. paying us like mm -hmm. it's just who would have thought mm -hmm. that we would have found purpose in this home this little tiny worst home on the block that we renovated and fixed in the neighborhood of our dreams which is off pico that's our dream is to live off pico now did you guys ever write that down or what oh yeah we do we you knew, did exactly yeah tell me about that tell me about your practice your uh, oh like... i write down goals we used to we used to do it together as a like a new year's eve like on My a husband like on a cocktail napkin yeah, yeah we do we, we'd write down where we are and where we wanted to be and, yeah you know we'd connect and i'm, I'm now part of a goal group on uh, the new hollywood that i've been a part of for many years it's and, so cool and how many people are in that it fluctuates but it um it's maybe now it's maybe 20 women uh maybe 25 women oh there's a couple men in there now too it's actually not a women's group anymore uh they added a few men in there but it's an accountability group so you set goals 12 goals for the year and you have accountability partners each quarter you break them down and oh and gosh you, to be totally honest it sounds so stressful oh uh, <laughs> yeah but not to an a-type person not to an a-type brain also the goals are whatever you set them as yeah, and there's course, this yeah. guidebook that we follow and we, there's all these leading questions so it's really kind of the the you know the goals of your heart not really the goals of your mind sure, you yeah. know and yeah. so yeah know. no it's true that it's true that i it's not you like know, book a pilot that's not a goal <laughs> right 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 of course well you know, so to, give, yeah what's an example of a goal i mean yes there's you know find fulfillment in my work and continue mm. to move forward mm -hmm. uh, then how do you break that down or I mean, drink more water, take a vacation with the kids, like mm. what, you know, whatever it may be. Um, I, I have practical goals for a career, like redo my reels, hmm, you know, sure. update my website, like things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. okay, I'm actually going to do that when you see that written down and then how you're going to break that down. Um, build a voiceover studio, like things like that, but also harness and create more love in the home with my husband, have date nights, like things like that, mm. um, that make my life feel more well-rounded it reminds so me beautiful of me. so and i like it and as an a-type yeah. person and i like writing it down and it's the closest thing i'm gonna do to journaling sure, so, sure, yeah. so and then gratitudes gratitudes every day yeah. so it's it's sort of this is what my intention is for the week yay or nay did i do that little you know emoji and then gratitudes what worked what didn't at the end of the week that's all I love it so much. I love it too. But it doesn't, so you, there's never a moment where like you didn't accomplish the goal and then you like berate yourself, right? 
I'm sure people feel that way. Yes. And, and there's times that you're like, but it's like what worked, what didn't like, you know, working out, like keep it, you know, I'm mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, that Peloton sitting in that corner, <laughs> it's collecting dust, yeah, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, but oh, then right. there's a very forgiving voice that comes in or what? No, it's just, let's get refocused back on, on why. Well, I didn't have any time this week or where I was and lazy this you, week or I didn't make voice? it a priority or maybe I don't like it that maybe I need right. to make my exercise something different. Maybe I need to you know, bike or hike is now next week's goal. Or maybe it's stretch with the kids right. or take a dance class. Mine, you know, like weekly, like outside time together as a family, you know, four dinners together as a week. Like mine, mine are well-rounded right. in my, in feeling balanced right, as a woman right. and as a mother and as a actress, um, but also continuing to move forward in all of these areas. Um, there's like two things that I want to go in two directions that are really frankly very uh different um can we go back to white privilege sure so you mentioned like how we talk about and white privilege and like i think it was in con in the context of talking about um just like privileges how we're finding gratitude for what we have feeling the feeling of blessing so how did this um okay so you're black your husband's white Mm -hmm. um you have two mixed race kids mm-hmm. um like how how did B- black lives matter hit your household and like how did how, and you just personally and and because i think we've uh, we've undergone a real shift in consciousness in this country in, in a in a way that i feel very like i'm very happy about personally um I so much has changed for me. And in fact, like I have to call myself out earlier because earlier, like I said, girl, I said, <laughs> I was like, fuck, I can't say it. I just can't like authentically say that anymore. Tr- truthfully, like say what? Like call you girl. Why? Because I, I'm a white chick. Uh, it's not my business. I, I know. I know. It's not a big deal, right? It's not a big no, deal. It's not, not a big deal. It doesn't like make me like a horrible racist, but I'm much more aware, yeah. much more aware of of like the ways in which I have, you know, um, sort of like, frankly, not, not, not given as much, uh, like res- I don't know, not, not known as much about what it's like to be black in America as I should have always, you know? Yeah, I and I feel like my consciousness is really expanded in that way. And so I'm just curious, like for you as a black woman, like, what is it, How's your how's your life changed? Has it your insides, your outsides? <laughs> um, well, thank you for that question. Yeah, and that's a brave of you to kind of ask, and I'm glad you did. My perspective is, it hasn't changed. Black lives have always mattered to me, so mm-hmm. I feel that this change in culture is overdue, and it's changing how many women like you see the world and relate to your friends or people that you know that are not the same race as you. Your eyes have been opened and you see more color. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think it's wonderful. I, you know, the death of George Floyd and the protests that happened after was an awakening in our country, but his death was not the first. Oh, God, no. And was so it not, not we, the first? I think oh, it was gosh. just... Um, on a bigger platform, on a bigger stage, more people were paying attention because of COVID. Mm -hmm. We have social media, people were sharing images and it was 
deeply, deeply disturbing. But Emmett Till was killed. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So for me, it's always mattered. Black Mm -hmm. lives have always mattered to me. That's who I am. That's my family. Mm -hmm. Um, When people say to me now, Black Lives Matter, you sit in a bike... I, I always say, yep, sure hope they do. <laughs> you know, it's not. Do people say that to you? Uh, yeah. Like on the street? Uh, you know, how's it going? Oh, Black Lives Matter. Oh, okay. Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, but but I, 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 they do. You graciously so, kind of like appreciate course, yes. the support. There's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of difficult comments. I'm also, yeah. because I'm an actress here in Los Angeles, I'm a lot of white friends only black friend. Yeah. So I got a lot of calls and a lot of things like that happening over this year and a lot of guilt white guilt um how do you handle it oh i give it a beat i do give it a beat and i let it breathe and i let people talk yeah uh if we really are close friends of course i'll have more of a conversation um people ask me have you talked to your son about being black in america Mm. yes yes i have for his whole life it's who he is it's yes my father-in-law is white uh, what are you going to do when do you, what are you going to say to your son when you have to talk to him about I, you, you, you act as if I haven't had many conversations with my son about being held to a higher standard that you are, are not afforded the same mistakes that other people are afforded you can't make those mistakes mm. that you don't you can't dig yourself out of a hole you don't um, start below expectation you have to exceed expectation because just your presence people will treat you as if you don't have value. So the reason I speak this way, people code switching and all of these things, it is a means of survival. It is a means of safety. It is a uh, uh, how I talk because I also lived in a beach town for high school. Sure, yeah. So, but I'm a black woman. We come in all different shades. We speak all different ways. And during the protesting of George Floyd, my uncle Rufus part of our family had died. So when everyone was blowing up my phone about protesting and, you know, and George, all, you know, it was Memorial Day weekend or right after last year, I was trying to have a funeral for my mm. uncle in Sacramento during COVID. We were planning an avocado tree. Like mm. I was not, that is the black life that mattered to me in that moment. I was dealing yeah. with real life. We don't talk about race as much as people think that we do. It's sort of a given. It's expected. We have conversations about what's going on in life. And mm-hmm. yes, you'll have political conversations or things that are happening with your family. Or I mean, I have a black family. We own the land that we sharecropped in South Carolina that we were wow. slaves on. My sister is buried on that land. Like we are very connected to our culture and the descendants of slaves. I know exactly where we were. I know our 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 lineage and history up until we were brought to this country on a slave ship. My, Mm. my father is Creole. They're black and French from the new Orleans, but they came in through slavery and came through. I'm this complexion because of rape and incest in Mm. our family. So sorry. Black lives have always mattered to me is the answer to your question. Yeah, of course. And black lives should have always mattered to all of us, but I'm glad that there's a reckoning. I'm glad that my Mm, friends are starting to see more uh, he was having dinner with a friend and he said, you know, made a comment. He was like, oh, and we, you know, we'd sell him down the river. And then he was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I've said that because he didn't even. The now he's like, oh, sell him down the river as a slave. People don't think that. 
my son's had his hair touched too many times. You know, mm -hmm. it's, there's there's the little things and then there's the big things and then there's all the things in between mm -hmm. and there's also life and connection. And people are like, I've never t thought about asking you this or talked to you about this or anything. And I was like, yeah, but we still had real connection. We still mm -hmm. talked about other things. Now, yes, you did not ask me about my history and my family and you did not know anything. Or I've had people say, well, you're not really black or you're a good mm -hmm. one. I've had my own family, you wow. know, white, well, you're a good one or, well, you don't talk that way. You're not really black. Says who? Mm. says you because mm -hmm. I can put together a sentence means I'm not really black like I there's microaggressions that have been happening my entire life yeah. so now that people are aware I'm glad that's great that's going to make me not bite my tongue as much mm. people aren't biting their tongues as much yeah um so that's how I feel but I I got a lot of white girlfriends that are learning and I love it mm -hmm. doesn't mean we weren't friends before but maybe now yeah we can have a deeper real more real conversation you can ask me anything i'm so you know like look uh, i mean uh, george floyd bjorn taylor uh, ahmed Aubrey, every single death that's happened between emmett till before that 400 years of slavery that was worse than the holocaust i mean like it's all been so bad and uh, and I'm just so grateful that th there is this conversation now. Like, I mean, or or not that there hasn't always been this conversation, but that like, I, I just feel like this time has given me so much opportunity to learn more and read more and talk more. And like, I just, and I, of course I have guilt, but and shame that I that it didn't happen sooner for me, you know, and all of the ways that I haven't been as conscious in the past. And um, so it's incredible. And thank you for talking with me because also there must be some party that's like, oh, I don't need to fucking talk about this again. <laughs> like that's your experience, you yes, know, like yes, it's like, yes, of like course. The, cause you're but right. Black people a... have always mattered. And now like all of a sudden like white people, I want to talk about it. And it's yes. like, oh fuck, really another fucking conversation about from a white yes, person wants to talk about black lives. Yes. That, that, that feeling yeah, is there, but there's it. also good, good for you. Yeah. There's also that feeling. So too. I, I think you can you ask for me your a question. Or, you know, Eric's, Eric's cousin was in town and a white girl. And she said uh, she had questions about James's hair. And she's like, is that is that was that OK to ask? Is that OK to ask? Mm. Or what do I say if I like, you know, and she's family. So I was like, hey, you're family. Ask me anything. There's yeah. no judgment right here. Ask me whatever you want to ask me. Yeah. She's like, well, I, there's this woman and her hair is always so interesting. And she's at the bank and all these, these things. And I said, what do I say or how do I? And I said, you know, hair is, is very personal and it and it takes time mm -hmm. and it takes care and it tells a story and it's an accessory and it's also life and it's changes as our moods change and uh so to ask someone about their hair think of it as asking them a personal question mm -hmm. but everyone especially women love a compliment sure right you can say i like your hair hey i love your hair and that can be the end mm -hmm. now if it's someone that you know and it's someone that you would ask them a personal question, then maybe you can ask them about their hair. Mm -hmm. Other than that, Google it. <laughs> you don't need to I know. I love that you're saying You it. don't yep. need to know all the details because yeah. it's detailed. You know, so my son has box braids, which is basically parted hair into small braids and there's rubber bands at the ends and they mm -hmm. hang down low. Mm -hmm. So, And she was like, what is that called? What is that? You know, all these things. And she yeah. had questions and you know, don't touch it. Don't pet anyone. Right. They're not animals. I understand you're interested in it because it's different. And if you know them well enough that you would ask them about their mother or their 
you know, health or their skincare or, mm -hmm. you know, their family or how's your mm -hmm. husband doing? How's your, you know, your son, if you know, if you've been to their home, if you've, if you're friends, mm -hmm. I'm sure you can ask them a question about their hair and they will explain it to you. So I'm just curious, like what, um, how would that conversation been different? You know, l l assuming she might have, she would have asked you that. She's two family. Years ago. She could totally ask. Right, me of course. She, but like, just she was assume, in my home when she said she, it, and she, she had may an open not heart. have. Right, like she may not have two years ago. She may not have even recognized that that was a question that like was sensitive at all. Or I don't know. Maybe she would have. I don't know. Your I wouldn't even call it sensitive. I'd call it personal. Personal. Yeah. yeah. So she might not have recognized that before, and now she's now she's she recognizing it. Yeah. And so that so and would your explanation before have been any different or would you have laid it out in the exact same way? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I like to see and hear people's hearts and sort of look past the awkwardness of mm -hmm. the in, in, mm -hmm. encounter. Nobody likes to be touched or pet or considered odd or feel that yeah. they stand out unless they're trying to stand out. Sometimes mm -hmm. hair is telling people to, um, you know, this is who I am today. These mm -hmm. are the feathers in my crown today. Mm -hmm. Um, and I tell my son that too. I'm like, you wear your hair in this way. People are going to ask you questions. People are going to touch it. They're going to try to at least. Um, but when you, you know, when you even let's say, let's take it out of black and hair. Let's take it into, um, let's say you dress in all black, like Gothic, like, you know, Marilyn Manson back in the day, you know, you dress that way. Your, your people are going to notice. Yeah. 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 You know? mm -hmm. Um, so if you are telling a story with your hair, People are going to ask, what's your story? Yeah, yeah. You know, right, I guess sure. there's just a respect for human kindness. And then also an acknowledgement that that probably took time. Mm -hmm. And there's also just a, do I know this woman? The, the checkout lady at the grocery store. Right. What's her day like? Does she need to explain her hair to me today? Right. Or can I just say, hey, I love your hair. It looks beautiful. Period. Yep. Period. Yep. Everybody loves a compliment. So yeah. let's just start there and keep it moving. Yeah. And if you really got some questions... Google it. Yeah. Yeah. This is so good. Or ask your one black girlfriend that you're actually close to. You yeah. Know, I've explained a girl. I, I, I had some two strand flat twists on my head, which is a protective style. After your hair's in an afro and you part it and you basically like cornrows, but they're two strand flat twists and it was drying. It looks kind of like cornrows. People mm -hmm. would think that. And I was like, I think I storied it or something. And I was like, getting ready, getting prepped or whatever it was, because I was getting ready for a role. She go and she, you know, good friend was a white girl, you know, was like, you're wearing your hair like that for the role? What's the role that you're... And I was like, oh, no, no. And in that moment, she was asking, like, what role are you going into? What's this part? This looks so, this look is so different for you, Angel. It came from a the genuine place of sure. wanting to understand yeah. and just a good friend. And I took that time because I was okay with it to explain, Oh, this is actually a protective style. This is some people will wear this for a few days because it looks cool and interesting, mm -hmm. but really I'm doing this as a way to protect my hair, let it dry mm -hmm. so that it has a curl pattern that I want. And tomorrow I'm going to pick it out. And so I sent her pictures of the whole process 
and then later joked about it and she was like oh yeah that's your you know your protective style your set you know and i said so then now next time she sees a woman with her hair like that she goes oh she's probably got big plans tomorrow right. or she's probably doing something different or right. wow that looks cool it's just an understanding of a process that you wouldn't know like the silver foils and the circle heater that blonde white girls yeah. like who who that's a whole process too that right. takes time to be a blonde. Sure. I've learned yeah. a whole lot about <laughs> and the levels of blonde and the shades mm -hmm. of blonde and what it is and how mm -hmm. it goes and how expensive it is, mm -hmm. you know, is an entire mm -hmm. other culture too. It's just more normal in quotes to, to, to some women. Um, the process and care of black hair is deep in our culture. The first black millionaire was, was uh, someone who invented, uh, you know, hair products so is that um, right? Yeah, Madam C.J. Walker. They made oh. a movie about her. Uh, uh, Octavia Spencer. Oh yeah, yeah. Played of her. Yeah, uh -huh. that's the first black female millionaire. Oh. She like invented hair care products. Mm -hmm. It's a, mm -hmm. um, black hair is an expression of who we are mm -hmm. and our mood and our day and how we want to feel. Mm -hmm. It is personal. Yeah, it's not something that you should just go touch or casually hey, ask about, so, ask yes, a stranger yes. about. It's not, it's yeah, not, it's not petting a. A peacock. Right, right, right. You wouldn't pet a peacock. The peacock no, would that's probably right. peck it back. You know? No, but I just love this boundary that you that you have that a lot of all black people have. It, it feels very natural, just like you're not gonna ask people so many personal yeah, questions. You wouldn't walk up to someone and say, Do you have Botox in exactly, your forehead? That's or right. what's your, you know, there's yeah. And I just, I, but I also, I want to acknowledge that like. But a close friend, you might. <laughs> well, sure, exactly. That's right. But I want to acknowledge though that, 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 that it's also not your duty to educate your white friend or any white person out there. It really it's not your not. duty to sit and the talk to me I, about this. No, exactly. Yeah. Well, you asked. We're actually in an interview. This I'm, whole, this and whole I'm thing is asking but questions. But I know, but I also, yes. I don't underestimate the fucking burden that it must feel like at times to like fucking educate white people about stuff that really like is their responsibility to go learn like it's not your responsibility now to like but by the way i'm so grateful that and i know and i and i mean i'm asking you these things like i i, I want to know your opinion i want to know your by the way the reason that i'm asking you this stuff is really because i like to ask people personal questions on yeah. this show like that's what that's i'm here what for it is because really like it's well. about your insides you know what i mean that's what i'm really trying to get at. i don't this mind it's about, not a, it's not a burden it's also just not new. Yeah. Um, it's new. It's new to you. It's new to white people. It's yeah. not new to us. Yeah. So yeah. We've, we've been yeah. we've been doing this for a long time. I think it just got amped up a lot because we right. were dealing with a lot of people's feelings and a lot of people's awakenings and a lot of guilt and a lot of passion and, and another black man being murdered by police. So it is painful for us as well. I'm not yeah. saying that it's not. I'm not saying that it, it um, that this this movement is not needed. Yeah, um, you know, but people are forgetting. People are getting back to work. People are doing their things. But um, at least there was a little bit of a shakeup, and we'll see. I think. We'll I mean, see. if from, I think, I hope that this shakeup actually uh, will have lasting impact. I hope. I think. I hope. I, think I don't so know. too. I mean, I know in some of my personal relationships, people are changed because they see me not as. Um, they see me as more of a human, full person. It's mm -hmm. not a well. We, to be honest, like I, I probably wouldn't have been asking you these questions a year and a half ago. No way. No, people didn't were not interested in in 
What is the experience of a black person in America? What is the experience of you, Angel, as a black woman being the only black woman in many, many rooms that you're sitting in? No one cared before. Yeah. Or you make, like, let's say you're in an acting class in L.A. There are not a lot of black people in those. Mm -hmm. uh, you, but there are a few. And now there's m many more because there's more opportunities for black people now. Or you, or you have extra income to spend in that way to have an acting class. It's, that's a privilege itself. I teach my son how he's privileged in many ways mm -hmm. because of the life that he has. It's not just a white thing. It's yeah. just seeing that your life is better because of the environment that you are in and because of the access to things that you have. And my son has them too, and he's got brown skin just like me. So it's just an acknowledgement that other people have other experiences outside of your own and to maybe look at life through what their perspective might be, even if it's different than your own that it may be different and they may make decisions based on their experience. They may mm -hmm. make choices. They may make mistakes, big mistakes, counterfeit $20 bill mm -hmm. mistakes mm -hmm. that will cost them their life because mm -hmm. of the world and how it sees them. Mm. Oh my goodness. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> what's your other subject matter? Let's go. Um, let's, let's change the subject. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my, my next subject. My, so, well, I'm going to go back to, uh, so you said upstairs, I was mentioning to you that we, um, you know, we were pregnant and now we're not. And, um, you mentioned a spirit coming, like you mentioned just sort of, uh, you know, if, if another spirit wants to come to you. Well, you were, you were speaking a bit about the um, normal natural worries of uh, having parenting and having another child and what yeah. that means for your life and all valid, you know, are we ready and are we going to change things? Yes. The answer is yes. Um, yeah. Things will change. And, and, and what does that mean? And what, how will it be? And, you know, and other people say things, how will we afford that? Or how will it do, you know, am I healthy enough to carry? What will it do? How will it? all of the questions that come with motherhood and such mm -hmm. a big, 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 life mm -hmm. change mm -hmm. but what about the other 50 percent? what about the other yeah. side of well, who's this soul that we may bring into our family right. will this complete yeah. our family will this change our family for the better so tell me about the soul tell me about your feelings about the soul and tell me about your sort of philosophy about souls coming in i just feel that we are human beings on this planet and we're existing together and we're you know there's the saying of you know, be kind. Everyone's experience, you know, walking through their own battle or mm -hmm, walking mm -hmm. through, you know, there, there's many ways to say yeah. it, but be kind. You never know what someone is struggling with. You never know what someone on the inside, everyone just wants to be loved, wants to be happy, wants to be um, seen. And so that little being is, has to come through some mother's body, has to grow, has to incubate and be born and be raised and all these things nature versus nurture and all of these things change but who are they really and we're always trying to get back to who are we really what really brings us joy that's that's our soul that's our inner side that's like what will actually make this human experience for me worthwhile and that think that's different for everyone so we're raising our kids in a way that you asked if I had a philosophy on raising children or a books that I read and I'm mm -hmm. like I don't know I mean I have opinions yeah yeah <laughs> I have things that I tried last night my son filled my heart with so much joy I was up late and um checking making sure he went to bed 
uh, and, and he, he 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 was in bed, but he was getting up, getting like some milk or something. What time do they something. go to bed at fifteen? Uh, well, in our home, it depends if it's a school night or not. But uh-huh. like uh, ten, okay, nine, okay, not eleven. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? But then they're always up later sure, than sure. than things. But but he loves to sleep, so. Um, I, th- I think it was midnight though, but he, I could tell that he had already been asleep. He was groggy and he was walking in, uh, he was getting something to drink. And I said, Oh, do you need anything? What do you need? And I rubbed his back and he's, and I, I say this often, uh, you're a good son. You're a good mm-hmm. son. I just patted his back, but I'm half asleep and walking around the house. Mm-hmm. We're kind of the night owls, you know, mm-hmm. um, and the cat, um, <laughs> and we're all up at night and my, my husband and my daughter and the dog are sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, you're a good son. And it was the first time that as I walked away, he said, you're a good mom. <sighs> I mean, right? Oh my goodness! Right? Oh, I say it all the time, and he's never said that back to me. So that was a good mom moment there. And what? And did you did you give him a hug? Did you thank him? No, I was already moving into the room, and I, you know, didn't want to cry in front of him. But yeah. um, I just said, I said, "Oh, thanks, buddy," and I kept going. And then I was like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" I know. But do you wake up I, and tell your husband about? And that? I told him this yeah, morning. Yeah. yeah. Um, but just that he's just old enough to see like, oh, mom needs encouragement too. Mm. mom, you know, mm-hmm. and I say it all the time. You know, you're a good son. You're good. You know, I'm proud of you. You know, there's mm-hmm. those little things, these little affirmations that get you moving through. But our job is just to sort of guide them, give them as much of the tools that they need so that they leave the house mm-hmm. and they go forth and prosper. Um, and hopefully we're doing that. And well, I think that's we'll quite see. an accomplishment. I mean, you we'll know, mo- a lot, I think a lot of 15 year olds are like, get the f- away Oh, he from has those, me. he you has those feelings mean? too. He has those feelings but too. That's a big but deal. But in that moment he was very, very loving and it was in the middle of oh, the night and it was so groggy sweet. and it was sweet and I'll never forget it. Oh, so man. that was a good mom that's moment beautiful. for all the worrying moments, all the planning moments, all the moments yeah. that you're having like, is this right? Is this not right? But but what we were talking about is yeah. is my children are six years apart and why were they so far apart yeah, yeah. and what's that like and I had the luxury of starting our family early I was twenty five when I had my son and then thirty two when my daughter was born but had had loss in between mm-hmm. it wasn't on purpose. yeah and this is why it came up because I just had yes. a loss yes. of a pregnancy too yeah so yeah. that's painful and hard but that yeah. doesn't mean that but like do you listen I, let me just be clear okay because I I have this uh, and you know we're gonna wrap up soon just so you know actually um we're good yeah um so you know I I have this crazy essentially my belief is this and this is like as well as language could describe this kind of thing. Um, But essentially, I believe that, like, we come from a field or, you know, heaven, like another another, uh, otherworldly kind of place, another (laughs) dimension, and then we return to that other dimension. And that essentially, like, we're hanging out, we're like souls, and someone's like, all right, you should go – you're, you know, like either God or karma, the laws of karma or or God or – the, you know, uh, you, Atman, can, you can say as weird as you field, want. Whatever is, the thing is, goes as like, weird as you want, hey, girl. I love it. Hey, it's time. I think you should go back for another round. And then you're like, no, I don't want to. Being a human's so painful. It's like, <laughs> like it's like you die, you get sick, like you're in a body. It's awkward. It's like you have to be born. That's scary. Like the whole thing. It's like, and then someone else is like. Yeah, but remember, like, you also get to, like, have a first kiss and you get to, like, you know, like, fall in love and you get to, you know, create things in the world and all of these great things. You're like, yeah, but, like, ugh, like, this is so great. We're just, like, hanging out and floating and, like, pure consciousness. And and they're like, (laughs) yeah, but then, like, wouldn't it be fun to go laugh 
out loud, you know, or like have an orgasm or like whatever the thing is, whatever. I think they made a movie about this, Soul, right? Did you see that movie? <laughs> is is that the Pixar one? Yeah. I haven't seen it yeah, yet. Seen it is yet. that what this is about? A little bit, yeah. Okay, great. I got to watch it. I gotta, <laughs> my, my daughter, we ha- we've been pretty strict about the TV thing. So... I mean, she gets to watch things here and there, but sort of three, when she turns three, which is happening really soon, it happens in August, that's oh. when I think we'll be able to like maybe watch a TV show oh, you or could watch Soul with your husband. You could watch Soul with I your family should. at Christmas. I know. It's a good movie. I know. It's I've been a too. movie. But it, it's um, a little bit along these lines of people beings waiting. Okay, great. So, so this is my soul, fantasy. Yeah, okay, well, you so, should have written the movie. You, I should have written the movie. So <laughs> I this think is they my, won an Oscar So, But like, so, but I'm just wondering, like, I mean, is this like, you know, is this, is this sort of, I mean, where do you fall in, in, in terms of your beliefs? Do you believe souls are reincarnated? Do you believe that, you know, I'm assuming you believe in heaven and a hell? I don't know. I don't know if it's defined in those terms. I, I don't know if I believe in reincarnation. It makes sense. I don't not believe in it. Um, I I guess my larger point, just to be really honest with you, is that I'm curious. I'm curious. Do you still feel connected to your sister? Yes. And is that an everyday? Do you feel that every day? No, but I miss her every day. How does it work for you? Do you guys communicate? Do you guys? No, but. She roots for me. Mm. I can feel her rooting for me. We were eight years apart. So I'm older. I took care of her. I raised her. I helped raise her. She was 14 when she died. And she was my biggest fan. She'd be the best here now. She'd help me with these kids. You know, she'd travel with me. I know she would. She's rooting for me. I know that. She teaches me to be kind because I was kind of a snot as a teenager to her, you know little kid sister eight years old uh eight years younger I mean um I remember to be kind her death reminds me to be kind Mm -hmm. I um you know butterflies go by and I always think that they're the people that we've lost Mm -hmm. showing themselves so maybe that's my little hippy dippy reincarnation when I see a butterfly it stops me I mean I've also lost uh, a, a lot of many other people in my life so um a lot of loss and a lot of pain i took care of my one uncle eric as he died quickly of cancer mm. um so or it took the cancer took him quickly is the better way to say it so i like to see that i, I when i see butterflies i am reminded I, I think it's someone coming to say, hey, hey, you're doing great. Mm. Um, and I want to live a life. I want to live a full life. I want to live a good life. I want to, life is short. Life is fleeting. Life is quick. Whether you get to come back and do it again or not, I'd, I'd like to do this one pretty well. So I try to, I try to make her proud. Mm. But no, I don't talk to her. I don't go sit at her grave and talk to her. I don't mm-hmm. think of it that way. She's not here anymore. She's does, gone. She does died. it matter to you if um, the thing about the butterflies is real or not? No, because it's just a way for me to pause. Mm-hmm. I need, I just pause and I look at a beautiful butterfly. You know, I've also with my daughter, like gotten a caterpillar and put it in a vase and seen it cocoon <laughs> yeah. and let it go free. You know, like, we've, yeah. you know, you learn that as a kid and I've yeah. done that with my girl and, 
Uh, she called the butterfly caterpillar and we always, you know, and then they point them out to me. We get a lot in our backyard because we've got some fruit trees. And so, no, that's just my own personal hippy dippy thing. Yeah. I also believe in um, deja vu and my my weirdness about deja vu. I'm like, oh. God has preordained and planned our life. And every now and then you get a moment, a snippet of I've been here before. And that's God's way of telling you that you're right where you need to be. You know, that's my own. Do you believe that? I do. I do. But that's my own little way to encourage myself and keep going and realize that there's a bigger light. You know, you know that feeling of deja vu and you know when a butterfly passes you. So when I get that feeling, I'm like, oh. I'm right where I need to be. Mm. And this is a, a moment that God is showing me. You're right where you need to be. Mm-hmm. And when I see a butterfly, I'm like, oh, remember the lives that have lost, that, that that you've lost, that have passed on, and they're still here, and they're just floating around in their beauty, and they want you to keep going. Mm-hmm. It's my own thing, but it makes me feel good. A lot of times, that's what spirituality is. That's it's right. It's your only thing, your own personal thing, and it makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Great great people Mm -hmm. dog different religions or there's wars and there's all these issues with the way people believe and it's just like whatever makes you happy whatever gets you through the darkness whatever keeps you moving forward Mm -hmm. do it i love that i think i'm gonna end right there I mean, I could talk to you for a million years. Well, we're friends now, so we can do that. And you can call me girl. Oh, oh, no. You can text me, hey, girl, what you doing? (laughs) You don't have to say girl. (laughs) But you can text me, hey, girl, how's it going? How's your day? I appreciate that. Well, I adore you. Now we are friends. And um, I'm so grateful to you for coming on and for having this interview with me. Thank you for having me in your home in COVID times and vaccinated days. Yeah. That I get to come to this side of town and sit in this beautiful room and look at the trees outside your window. Wow, it's been a privilege. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's our show, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at I am Kat Foster. Reach out to us using the hashtag ActingRealPod. We really, really get those messages and we really, really answer them. Links and recommendations for this week's episode can be found at ActingRealPodcast.com. Episodes drop on Mondays. Most importantly, if you love this show, please subscribe to it, rate it, review it. We love seeing those. It means a huge deal to the show. We're so grateful for you. We love you. Have a great day. This podcast was produced by the incredible Augusta Chapman with help from our amazing coordinator, Hannah Barbakoff, and our very talented sound engineer, Baraka Jenga. The music, which I absolutely adore, is composed by Sean Hokinson. Hokinson.